right. We all ready to start up? I am ready. See? Okay. Hmm? Yes. Okay. Hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Beast Wars podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. Salutations, I'm David. Oh. And today we are going deep into deep metal. Ooh. It is the second episode of season three. Uh, first aired November first, nineteen ninety-eight, and uh, it's time to uh, time to sell some toys. <laughs> Also, Mainframe would like everyone to know that uh, they they have really mastered water effects now. Have they ever? <laughs> they just they they want to make sure that's clear. They they don't want that being questioned. Nope. So we open in the uh, the Maximals' new base. They are uh, they're sort of trying to get everything working because Maximal technology does not entirely jibe with Autobot technology. And Rhinox is totally being Scotty from Star Trek. Yes. Poor Rhinox. This yeah. this definitely is is the uh, the age of Rhinox never leaving leaving the base. Nope. Yeah, he's he's a stay at home dad now. <laughs> stay at home, Barra dad. Yeah. I think he may not actually leave the base until the season finale. Oh well. He's yeah, got I guess a lot, a lot too. Of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's busy. Good. Yeah. Wait, is the first line of dialogue actually "Ah, slag"? Yes. Oh, that's pretty oh, great. I knock. Stop dancing. <laughs> it's been a rough day. <laughs> Poor guy. And Primal wants, you know, he, you know, he wants the Maxima Elders. He 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 doesn't know yet that the Tripredics Council blew up that uh, satellite. So he presumably thinks that the Maxima Elders are still coming. Whereas Rhinox seems to have pretty much given up hope. Yeah. Yeah, if they are not here yet, they ain't coming. The cavalry yeah. not coming. Mm-hmm. Poor Rhinox is just super fed up at the beginning of this episode. Yeah. yeah. and uh, But luckily, help is on the way, uh, just not in the, uh, the the form that they were hoping for, because it's not from the Maxima Elders. It is from a mysterious shadowed figure Ooh. <laughs> inside a kind of neat-looking little spaceship. Yeah, yeah. a spaceship it, it design... almost... <laughs> Yeah, it seems like it would make a good vehicle mode for a transmetal manta ray. Yes. <laughs> and he is tracking somebody and uh, come, comes across a, an area that, uh, according to the Maxima Elders, allowed is not and is sector forbidden. But he says slag <laughs> the High Council. Yeah. A second yeah. curse. Yeah, spoilers, this is Depth Charge, and he is a dick to everybody, even his own computer. Yeah. Such a dick. So great. And we'll also get this out of the way. He's Batman. Pretty much. He is Batmanta. Exactly. That's pretty much my notes. Batmanta. Every and time. And he I... wants you to tell all your friends about him. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because he he talks in a Batman-like voice. His voice is sort of deep and rumbly a bit. Yeah, he's uh, he's veteran voice actor uh, David Sobolov. Mm. Yeah, who and, I uh, believe is still doing stuff. Oh yeah, he's yeah. still around. Uh, actually, from uh, my neck of the woods, he's uh, born in Windsor, Ontario. Oh. Ooh, hey. 
And uh, apparently he plays Gorilla Grodd on that uh, Flash TV show. Oh. Oh, that's cool. He's also apparently Drax on the Guardians of the Galaxy cartoon. Well, that makes sense, because much like uh, much like himself, and most of the characters he plays, uh, Drax is bald. <laughs> yeah. As he once noted on a, uh, at a convention, David Sobolov sounds bald. <laughs> that's, that's fair. And he kind of does. And uh, also, he was, uh, he was Shockwave on Transformers Prime. Oh, that's oh. right. Oh, yeah. That little bit that Shockwave showed up. I mean, he was well. He was around for like the entire third season. Oh, I guess so. It's been a Only while. Only having one eye is kind of like being bald, right? Well, and also Shockwave is bald. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Most also, manta rays are bald because they don't have hair. Yes, although, although you never know. There might be, you know, we we might get a scene in the IDW comics where he takes off his helmet like Megatron in uh, Megatron Origin. He's got like a glorious head of hair no. under there behind his one eyeball. <laughs> no. I don't think so, no. since we actually did see him before he did just have one eyeball. Well, maybe yeah, when they. Yeah, they took off one hand, uh, one eyeball, but they also gave him hair. <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, that would be pretty weird for a Cybertronian, so I could see that being a. Uh, a form of punishment there. Yeah, it's one of the less yeah. lesser Emperor things. They just give you a comical wig. <laughs> you are cursed to have to learn to use a comb. Oh, that's that's harsh, man. Is that what happened to Alpha Trion? Is that why he has facial hair? Yes. <laughs> that's how you can tell that Scourge is uh, is one of the most accursed characters of all. Because he's got a Fu Manchu. And yet, yes. he's getting a skirt, a new, well, a new sweep that doesn't have facial hair. That's so wrong! <laughs> I know. That's, that's weird looking. So wrong. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway, so, he, yeah, this uh, this place is off limits by the uh, High Council, because I guess they know, you know, the Ark is here, don't mess with it. <laughs> but unfortunately there's a a giant plot device opens up and sucks him into it but it's not so much it's it's like the the arc was here because he has to come from the future doesn't he well i mean yeah. he, presumably he can track things through space and time cuz yeah but but that doesn't that seems counterproductive cuz he's looking for protoform x right and he finds a signal for protoform x but it's where protoform x was 4 million years ago well, right. no, it seems to be, I mean, I I read it as being, like, a residual result of all the cr- crazy transwarp space-time antics that have been going on. Uh, I guess that kind of makes sense, because he does immediately get sucked into a wormhole. And yeah, he becomes I mean, a transmetal. Yeah. Yes. Conveniently. Very conveniently. <laughs> <laughs> There's a convenient wormhole, and then he becomes a convenient transmetal. Yep. So convenient. Oh, yes. And meanwhile, um, <laughs> the Predacons are launching a very underwhelming attack on Mount St. Hillary. Oh, it's <laughs> well, say so the Predacons, it's just Inferno. Well, <laughs> it's Inferno, and it's supposed to be Rampage, because Megatron has made Inferno a sub-commander. And it's, and it's so great because he's just, like, giving Rampage orders, and Rampage is just like, yeah, great, whatever. And <laughs> He's not having it. Inferno's, and just, Inferno's just, like, marching in place with his hands in the air, and he's 
And he says, follow my orders, drone. <laughs> yes. He's so excited to be in charge. But I'm, it's, I'm not it's... sure he understands ant biology, because I'm pretty sure the drones are the males who uh, who mate with the queen. Uh, oh. oh. Maybe, maybe, maybe he... Does understand. Just doesn't understand. Maybe he just doesn't understand what Rampage and Megatron are doing all the time that causes Rampage to make those horrible screams. Yeah, it's real, real dumb sub relationship. Yeah, he he figures that that's what's going on, and he's just you know he's like, well, he's an ant, so okay. Yeah. So so while Inferno's going on about the, the instructions Megatron has given him and flapping about comically, he does. He flaps about so well. Rampage stares off into the sky and has, like, a Jedi premonition of, my old enemy is here. I mean, they've always vaguely hinted that Rampage has, like, empathic powers. I mean, he was kind yeah. of able to telepathically communicate with Transmutate. Yeah, the thing, and, you know, I when I first, you know, when I watched it when it was airing, I always sort of just read that as him, you know, being melodramatic. But, yeah, looking at it now, it definitely seems to pretty strongly imply that he's got some sort of empathic power, you know, that and some some other stuff he says later when he gets sort of into that. I don't know if I would go so far as to say that he is actually a some sort of emotional vampire, but I, I do think that he's definitely supposed to be empathic. Yeah, And, I mean, as we see later, he has other weird powers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even if he's empathic... That charge isn't in their time period yet by the time he notices that. Yeah, well, it's fine. It's all fine. But time travel makes things weird because Death Charge in the episode has already hit the the wormhole, but he hasn't arrived on prehistoric Earth yet, but time travel... Well, we just haven't seen him arrive yet. It's possible that that's like when he has that feeling is is when he comes through the wormhole. It could be that, that that's the moment that he comes through the wormhole, which we're not seeing because we're not with him at the moment, narratively. Oh, and, and then Inferno runs off to the newly built blast doors, which look nicely, cheaply made. Yes, yes. like they just welded a bunch of crap left over from the Axelon together. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty great. Putting those doors together was probably the last time Rhinox was outside. Poor. No, he yes. probably made the others do it. The Maximal logo at the top of it, I'm just imagining Rhinox with a rattle can of spray paint and a stencil. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. And anyway, they've they've also set up some new defenses here, and Inferno's one ant army uh, gets a rock dropped on him. I I appreciate that they have weaponized falling rocks at this point. Yeah, Yeah, it's great, because Inferno just runs up and... Was it Black Arachne and... um, Silverbolt looking at each other inside, manning the guns or whatnot. Yeah. And then, and then you just see a distant shot of Inferno running up, and he's just bouncing up and down as Optimus Primal flies out of the doors. Yeah, I love that Optimus just ignores him. He yeah. is. He's just jumping up and down and waving his arms. Yeah, and he's screaming, Burn! Maximals! And then they <laughs> drop a rock on him. And it's it, the rock has ropes around it, so they, they have harnessed... He, the power of the falling rock. Well, They've literally harnessed the power. Yeah. It's the most deadly weapon they've found on this planet. Okay, yeah. second most deadly after the beams. Yes. I assume it's Black Rackney who came up with it, because she's the one who triggers it, and she's also the one genre-savvy enough to notice it. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah, and she. Yeah, that makes sense. She's been flattened under a rock at least once, I think. I'm pretty sure that happened at least once. Yeah. She's seen it happen to tarantulas enough times. Anyway. Well, sir. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Primal. They detect this thing coming. Primal flies out. In it takes a. It's a weirdly long shot of him flying out the door for no particular reason. Showing off that new toy. I guess. He's flying really slow, too. Yeah. It's, it's like two miles an hour. Like, does he have to build up speed? Did, does somebody need to give him a push? Yeah, how... <laughs> it it's really doesn't seem very conducive to flight. Maybe they should build him one of those, uh, like, slingshot things they have on aircraft carriers. Uh-uh. Ooh, yeah. Anyway, so Cheetor is out. He notices that this uh, spacecraft, which he identifies as a Starhopper, is uh, is crashing. Yeah. Oh, shoot. I know I've heard Starhopper somewhere else. I think it was in Red Dwarf. Mm. That sounds like something that Red Dwarf would use to name a ship. Yeah. Quick Google. It's nice and straightforward. That's There's apparently a, a, uh, a Star Wars vehicle. Oh, oh. Oh, I guess oh. There, it's big enough. It's a big enough deal. There's a Lego set of it. I think it's oh. from Clone Wars or something. Yeah, it looks clean and not dirty, so it's got to be from Clone Wars. <laughs> oh yeah, also, I see one of the minifigures is... is the hilariously named Cad Bane. <laughs> oh, that guy! <laughs> wonder, wonder if that guy's a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Star Wars and your subtlety. Anyway, water effects. Yes. Oh yeah. They've oh my goodness. So he crashes yeah, into the water. And this thing crashes into the water and it's beautiful. So good. It looks so good. Uh, the, the water surface effects do look a lot better than they used to. The the underwater water effects look really good. Yeah. Oh yeah. yes. They've definitely just, improved. It's a bit dated still cuz water effects are so super complicated and computationally intense, but Yeah. Well, it's for the time period it looks amazing. Yeah. And it still looks fine even considering it's outdated. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it looks like the surface of the water looks as good as, like, World of Warcraft water now. Yeah. Yeah. It looks it looks very good. So, yeah, Cheetor, you know, he, he heads out to uh, investigate. Rampage shoots him down because it's a real, it's only for me. <laughs> and because Rampage is basically the Joker in this episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, yeah. you know, Batman needs a Joker. He becomes more Joker because... I keep calling him Bat-Manta. Bat-Manta needs his Joker. Yeah, and Bat-Manta has a bunch of gadgets. Yes. And also, he's kind of actually, even Campbell Lane's performance in this episode kind of sounds like Jack Nicholson's Joker. Kind of, yeah. I could see that. Also, Rampage in crab mode, which is like one of the few times we've actually seen him in just crab mode up to this point, skittering across the rocks to go into the water is delightful. It it (laughs) was great. So the ship crashes, it, it scans for beast mode, there is a very convenient manta ray hanging around. And a bunch of fish that the scanner seems to ignore entirely, because fish aren't cool enough. No, yeah. although maybe that's what I, they I... scanned for his gun, because his gun is a shark. Well, I thought his gun was a remora. I, I don't think, I think it's a, I think it's a shark. Mm. It's fairly sharky looking, but I don't know offhand how sharky looking remoras are. Uh, they look sharky, only they don't have a fin on their back. I think oh. it does have a fin on its back. Oh, yeah, it okay. does have a shark. Sorry. Uh, I will also note here that Death Charge's toy is super neat. It is. He's it got is a really one good of the best Beast Wars toys. 
I mean, it, it was one of my favorite of Beast Wars, though it probably also helps that I really like Manta Rays. And also, its colors, as, as are very accurately portrayed in this episode, because this is very close to the uh, the model, or to the toy. Yeah. Oh. Uh, beautiful colors. Yes. Okay, wait, if the, the toy is close to the model in both modes? Yes. Yeah. The way he transforms when he does, it doesn't look anything like a, how a toy would form. Like, the legs just suck up into his torso. Well, yeah, they yeah, totally I mean, cheat no, on the was... transformation, but both modes are pretty much toy accurate. And the wings can't quite work the way he uses them on the show as, like, a cape. Yeah. Also, they, they clip things a lot on the show. Yeah, yeah. he doesn't have I mean, a giant not... third leg extending out of his back. Yeah, they make the the tail sort of curve down neatly. It's kind of like they got pictures of both modes, but didn't actually get a toy to look at to play around with before they modeled them. Yeah, yeah he's got, that He's got the right. shark gun, he's got the uh, uh, pizza shooting, pizza shooter in his chest. <laughs> yes! I love that. I believe at one point, not in an upcoming episode, Cheetor does refer to them as power pizzas. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I did have a note about that. They look just like glowing pizzas. That's well, I mean, so it's crazy. the same technology as that uh, Ninja Turtles pizza shooting thing. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But anyway, yeah, he, he he scans his matter ray. This, his ship opens up, and uh, he he notes that, uh, you know, he sees a sinking cat bot. And he and assumes he, it's he, not enjoying the water. Yes. Yes, and so he, he proceeds to do... An action that he and all other Maximals will regret for the rest of the season, and saves Cheetor. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, uh, Poor Cheetor. He's coming handy well in Beast Machines. Yeah. Just, Fair just give him a year. Yeah. yeah. Let him grow up a little. That charge seems to adapt to a new body even faster than Optimus does. Yeah, it's just yeah. well, I got a Beast Mode vehicle mode and. Although maybe he hasn't quite adapted perfectly because he says maximize to go into beast mode. Yeah, well, I don't know, but but oh, well, sure. Come on. his vehicle mode is basically identical to the spaceship he arrived in. That's very yeah. convenient. Yeah, and I think it's also convenient that he has a, a fish mode, and his name was already Death Charge. <laughs> <laughs> well. And he, because he crashed in the water, conveniently. Yes. Maybe he's just used to crashing in water. Maybe that's how he assumes every planet is. He's like, oh, I'll land in the water. What's this rock stuff? Mm. I mean, this does lead to a very interesting question as to whether his, the you know, the which we'll, we'll get to the uh, location of his tragic backstory, whether that was an aquatic colony or something. Oh, yeah. Eh, maybe. Omicron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, we get a quick scene at the... Uh, Predacon base. Quick. Yeah, quick scene at Predacon Base. Megatron's wondering where Rampage went, and he sends Quickstrike out after him, which is enjoyable because I always enjoy seeing Quickstrike, and we haven't seen him much for a while. <laughs> yeah, because yes. we get him like every other episode, and we only get him for like two minutes, maybe. But yes, he, he gets lines. He get good lines. Some Commander Bug and Old Crab King got their keisters kicked, boss. Yes, that's <laughs> we get it exactly. Right crazy old prospector talk. And also, Waspmater is sent to salvage Inferno, which he greatly objects to, because, you know, when Inferno blows up, Waspmater has to salvage him. But when Waspmater blows up, nobody salvages oh, him. Yes, oh, and, and then we get the greatest Waspinator line of all time. Why, universe, hate Waspinator? 
Just, There's some really neat depth of field effects in this scene, too. Just, like, not super complicated, just kind of a foreground, background shifting stuff to oh, yeah, there's, there's emphasize really, who's talking, but it, yeah, for such a, a simple scene, it really helps it visually. Yeah, the, the the best shot is, like, the camera's, like, sitting on Megatron's shoulder, and you can see the side of his face looking at everybody else. Yeah. And it's a slight blur. So, Death Charge saves Cheetor and drops him on, like, a rocky island and only gives him his name. It's, it's a real, I Batman. <laughs> yeah. Kind of moment. yeah. And then he just disappears while Cheetor's yeah. looking. While Cheetor's being impressed. Uh, and, and then Cheetor complains, Cheetor complains his communicator got waterlogged, and then he tries to fly away by sticking his ass up in the air and firing his jets, which don't work. So basically, Cheetor is just farting. I mean, it's a very cat-like pose. Yeah. My notes basically read, Hideo Kojima-grade butt shot. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, a, if a cat has the opportunity, it will show you its butt at, any, yeah. at every opportunity. And something yeah. I noticed, it, in beast mode, Cheetor has a golden tongue. Yes. Huh. I don't think I... That does seem like the only explanation for why they'd keep him around. <laughs> <laughs> and then, adorably, he notes that he hates water. So, I uh, I was thinking, you know, you, you would think that they might have actually, you know, they might be equipped for various different terrains and being exposed to water, but then that was never a problem before this season. No. <laughs> Not much of one. I mean, none so. of the Predacons had aquatic modes except oh. for Rampage. Yeah. And Rampage was still mostly on land. Yes. Yeah. Or mangrove swamps up a hill. <laughs> yeah. You know, as they tend to be. Anyway, now we get a fight and gore and chest spikes. I yes, kind of love Depth Charge going back into the water by saying, I don't want to disappoint him, in reference to Protoform X, because that is basically the starting gun for a billion fanfics and ships. <laughs> <laughs> I also really like that he flies off in his, like, air mode, and then transforms to his beast mode and dives into the water. It's, oh, it's very so chubby. Yeah. It's really pretty. And yeah, it's and then, you know, Rampage ambushes him, and it's just a huge underwater fight, and it's really cool. It is super cool, and Depth Charge's peripheral vision is horrible for him to have been caught unawares by them. Well, I mean, he's got those big wings in the way. And his eyes are on top of him, and, and you know, a giant crab could just hide under a couple rocks and some grass directly under him. Aww. A giant, like, That's... brightly colored crab. That's just the nature, The big chrome man. purple claws were hanging out outside of the thing he was hiding under. <laughs> Maybe Depth Charge is colorblind? Maybe. Oh, I mean, new headcanon. Like you'd have to, to explain that. And uh, thankfully, uh, Rampage also introduces himself to his uh, via his new name, so that uh, he can call him by the name that's on the toy box. <laughs> it's very uh, important. Now on. Although he still he does call him X a lot. Yeah, he does. Maybe he doesn't feel any respect uh, Rampage's chosen name, which is n- not nice of him. It wasn't chosen so much as assigned anyway, so... Yeah. I guess that's fair. Although he does seem to have embraced it. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit obvious, but to the point, don't you think? Yes. Rampage (laughs) is a delight in this episode. He is. He's so great. Also, Peter watching the fight says now he's seen everything, which... Really? Well, that's... You saw Time Storm three episodes ago. That's 
specifically no, when Death Charge flies out of the water with Rampage on his back. Yes. He's seen Rat Trap do stuff like that often enough. That shouldn't be that much of a surprise. <laughs> yeah, seeing one animal ride another, that's no different. <laughs> They're bigger than normal, but... Yeah, I mean, they are giant, which I think is part of it. Yes. I mean, that's something that we see a little better once Death Charge, you know, is talking to the other Maxwells. But yeah, he's pretty big. He's ridiculously huge, like at least twice the size of everybody else except Optimus. Yes. Yeah. It's almost at scale with Optimus, who is completely out of scale with everyone else, which is kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so the, they they end up on the beach. Uh, Rampage ends up with a giant rock spike through his torso, which looks horrifying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then he just pulls it out and he heals like uh, like the T-1000. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I noted that apparently Rampage has a mutant healing factor now. I mean, I yeah, guess that makes sense if he's immortal. Yeah, I mean, that, that would be... That did make me think that back in uh, the last episode where he had been, like, charred and stuck to the side of, of a rock, that he should have just shaken off the char and then gone about his business. Yeah. yeah. That's Charge really did not fare well in this fight, did he? Not really, but considering he's fighting an unstoppable monster, he didn't die. I mean, but he does manage to briefly episode. disable him by chucking his sword into his cannon. Yeah. I mean, it's his first episode. He should be doing better than this. Well, that's yeah. true. Yes. Even but against I mean, an unstoppable foe. And Rampage's taunt is kind of weird, too. Ignore the pain, it's only going to get worse. I kind of like you- that. Ask your, why would you ask your uh, opponent to ignore the pain? Yeah, especially since you, you say you feed on fear. like that. Well, he was trying to be intimidating. Yes. Yes. Like, oh, if you think this is painful, yeah, wait until it's... I start doing some real gross stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's clearly what he's going for, but he kind of didn't say the right thing. Yeah, it was worth yeah. it, badly. It could have been like, ignore the pain now, I will teach you new forms. Or something. I mean, some of his dialogue is also a little off, like when he's charging him in tank mode and just yells, rampage, attack. <laughs> yeah, that was... Well, maybe he'd been playing with a G2 Megatron. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Listen to the voice of doom. <laughs> Megatron, attack. G2 Megatron is his idol. <laughs> Also, I love that Optimus shows up to find Cheetor and just says, Cheetor, what happened? As though he's already assuming it's Cheetor's fault. <laughs> well, that, I don't see how that's unreasonable. No, it's entirely reasonable. And then when he tells him that it was Death Charge, he actually, he has, Primal knows Death Charge. So he, I, he knows what's so, going on here. Yeah. I do love that they kind of set up Death Charge as, oh, they he knows everyone already. And they do not get along well. Yeah. <laughs> I think my, my batteries are a little quiet, but... You had it that handy? Yeah! <laughs> I know where my G2 Megatron is! Always know where your G2 Megatron is. <laughs> That's important. You're one hoopy fruit who knows where their G2 Megatron is. <laughs> yeah. It's five the o'clock. You know I had where to go your the Generation Two Megatron is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so anyway, back yeah, they... back after G two during Beast Wars. Yeah, so he, he chucks his sword G2. into uh, into his cannon barrel. Rampage is briefly disabled, but then since Death Charge is so busted up, Quick Strike takes him out with one shot. Hmm. Seriously. 
This you have your new toy character show up. Your new, like, ultra class, who's like this awesome triple changer, and Quick Strike takes him out with <laughs> one shot. Well, I guess the thing is, if he was a super badass in his first episode, he'd just murder Rampage, and then that would be it for him for the series. Kind of, yeah. If he could murder yes. Rampage in the first episode, nobody else is going to be a problem. Yeah. But it, it is kind of demeaning that Quick Strike just knocks him out. Yeah. Because yeah. he's Quick Strike. Of all people, Quick Strike. On the plus side, we do get some Pizza Gun before that. Yes. Yes. I love Pizza Gun. I don't seem to use that a lot in the series. Uh, I can't remember when else he uses it. But I don't think he does use it that frequently. Well, it does kind of look silly. Well, I mean, it, it is <laughs> silly. But I mean, he also has a gun that shoots like a shark. Well, that... that okay, it's... That is also... But it's on theme? It's on fishy theme? It's not on pizza theme? You put anchovies on pizza. Anyway, so Primal gets there. He quickly takes out Quick Strike, unsurprisingly. But uh, during that distraction, it's Rampage's turn to be Batman, and he's just gone. Yeah, he well, comes no, around. No. Quick Strike's like busted, lying on the ground, and Rampage is just gone. No, he, he's the Joker. Even if you kill him, he comes back. That's yes. true. That's or he's true. also a bit like Hannibal Lecter, which I guess means he should be wearing like Cheetor's face to escape. Ooh. Now I want the episode of Beast Wars where Rampage is tied to a gurney with a mask over his face and helping Depth Charge solve another crime. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Depth Charge's face becomes his knees. Oh, that's why the transformation... Yeah, yeah, he's got, like, knee... He's got, like, the the, the manta ray face tentacle thing on his knees. So if he knees you in the junk, you're going to feel it. Yeah, but then he also <laughs> has the, the eyes and a mouth on his chest in robot mode, so he's got extra eyes. Yeah, he's got fake eyes yeah, on, on, his, on his robot chest. So he's yeah. got, like, f- truck chest, only it's Manta face. Yeah, basically, it's like how Megatron has the, the fake uh, T-Rex eyes on his transmetal chest. Yeah, I guess. I guess that's just what happens with transmetals. Yeah. So yeah, they they get him back to the base, they fix him, and he is not grateful. He is a jerk. At one point, Death I believe Charge. he tells Cheetor to go chase a mouse. Yeah. He's addicted to cats. Yes. Well, to be fair, Cheetor does say, hi, I'm Cheetor. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that is so. entirely fair. Also, Red Trap entirely accurately diagnoses Depth Charge. Eh, so he's got a lot of angst. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, he storms off, and then Primal and we, we tells everyone his, Depth Charge's get... tragic backstory. Yeah. So Depth Charge was in charge of security on Colony Omicron, where I guess they—that's maybe where they made Rampage. I guess that so. Seems... Or Protoform X, or, or at least where they stored him. And yeah, they said there out. were no survivors. So. Yeah. Except for Depth Charge, he killed everybody. Yeah, Rampage killed everybody, not, yes. not Death Charge. <laughs> yeah. No, Death Charge was the only survivor, and thus he became a one-man uh, Protoform X hunting machine. And after, I think, four stellar cycles... You know, uh, some stellar he, cycles. Yeah, he captured him, brought him back to uh, 
the Maximals, but instead of finding a way to destroy him, they turned him over to the Axelon, and Death Charge was not thrilled by that. Yeah. He has some particularly so- vicious lines toward Optimus during this, where I was searching the galaxy for your mistake, and yeah. he blew it, just like I told the High Council you would. Yeah, he's harsh. So that does sort of answer the, the questions about, uh, you know, in, in the last season over when when there was the flashback where what seemed to be Rhinox and Primal were restraining Protoformax, uh, where we were wondering if they were actually involved in, in his making. And it really does sound like they were just given him to dispose of, and that, that was more his capture than... Right, they're, like, his, wrangling him into the... Uh into the stasis pod or something. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Calling him your mistake does seem to imply that they had more of a stake in it than just trying to find a planet to dump him on. Yeah. I suppose, yeah. That would also make sense. Unless he just means that the mistake is you let him get away. Right. Them not taking care of him for good. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Primal seems like a more ethical person than somebody who would actually be involved in, ramp- in Protoform X's creation. Yeah, that's it's it's a pretty uh, he's a he's a pretty good guy, and that was a pretty not cool thing to do. No. On the one hand, I completely agree with you. At this point, he's totally more ethical than that. But on the other hand, later in the scene, he goes on to say, "Death Charge, you're not responsible for what happened, and neither am I." He's really trying to convince himself that he's not responsible for de- for uh, Rampage. Oh. Yeah. Well, it had something to do with it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so he you know, he blows off the Maximals, leaves, uh, does notice the Ark. Like, and oh, what's that doing here? He's briefly, you know, amazed at this, you know, legendary starship, which could hold the key awesome. to the extinction of the Maximal race. And then he's just all whatevs, and he leaves anyway. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was... He was impressed for a moment, but then he was like, he had to, to get his cool back, and then he was like, no, I don't, I don't care. I'm awestruck, but this isn't Rampage, so I don't care. Yeah, this is, well, this, this is Whatever. important, but on the other hand, justice. <laughs> yes. Yes. Justice. I'm not looking for revenge, I'm looking for justice. Uh, depth charge. Now I'm just imagining him firing his entire magazine of pizza gun shots and then excitedly saying first try when he finally hits. <laughs> he is Batman. Yes. And so Cheap yeah, Cheetor wonders if he'll be back and Optimus says that, you know, before this whole thing happened, he never would have left, which I guess means that he knew Death Charge prior to this. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean if they if they were the ones who, I mean, whether they made him or whether they were just there, you know, called in to help control him, they would have still known, you know, obviously they were on that colony at some point. Or maybe they went to, like, Maximal Academy or something mm-hmm. together. I mean, that seems like more fuel for the fire of Optimus, Rhinox, and Rat Trap were all directly involved with the creation of Protoformax. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, it's possible that Primal and his group were called in, you know, the 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 ones who were on their way to wherever they were going before Megatron showed up. 
And it's possible that they were called in, so, you know, they, them surviving wouldn't necessarily be considered them being survivors of what happened. But, Mm. you know, so maybe they were called in afterwards. I mean, it's, it's not unreasonable to think that if they got involved in everything that happened with, with that colony and with Protoform X, that they would have met Death Charge at some point. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, this is pretty much the end of the episode. Yes, there's one last scene. We get Rampage looking at the uh, the crashed starship. It was really so very nice of you to come. So glad you could stay. Oh, we'll have such fun. And then he cackles maniacally and blows the spaceship up. Underwater explosion! That feels like it's yep. quoting something. Or maybe it's just so similar to other speeches that like, oh, we'll have such fun with crazy maniacs. Yep. It's talk. a little pleased to meet you. Hope you guess my name. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. It's also kind of... Well, we can't have a functional spaceship lying around. So, <laughs> for plot reasons, kaboom. No, but, I mean, it, it makes, it makes like, sense for Rampage to blow it up. Cause yeah. Maybe it's he, also like, hey, look, we can also blow things up underwater. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it, it's it's a couple of things, but also kind of feels like, oh, we're 30 seconds short on the episode. <laughs> and, oh, we should blow up that ship. We don't want that one. Close that plot hole. It kind of yes. doesn't make sense for Rampage to blow it up, because... Depth charge is there to try to kill Rampage. It's not like he's a flight risk. I suppose. But I guess he doesn't want him, I guess, to have the possibility of bringing him back anywhere. I suppose, but... Yeah, maybe. Wouldn't it make more sense to steal it, maybe? Uh, I, I mean, it is, he is kind of the Joker in this, so he... If, you know, the Joker's given a choice between successfully committing a crime and fighting Batman, he's going to fight Batman. Yeah, but it, this is a choice between blowing up the Batmobile or stealing the Batmobile. Well, yeah, but blowing things up, man. Yeah, I guess. Yes. Blowing things up is awesome. <laughs> and more useful to the long-term plot. Also yeah. that. I suppose, and you don't want Tarantulas nabbing it and trying to run away again. Yeah, I mean, that would be horrible. It, like, the only thing that could be worse if, was if there was a giant Decepticon warship buried underwater that Tarantulas managed to find. Well, that would be dumb. <laughs> just pull that out of nowhere. Yeah. Anyway, so that is uh, that is the episode. I mean, you know, it's a fun episode. It's got it's so pretty. Yes, it's so nice. The, the lighting's better. The, the chrome effects are neater. It looks so good. The character introduction is good. The fact that there's not a plot isn't really a problem. Yeah, I, I suppose for character introduction episodes, it's one of the better ones, but it's not yeah. the best one. I mean, it doesn't just introduce him and then he's... I mean, it does introduce him and he's a super badass, but he's not such a badass that he doesn't constantly fail throughout the episode. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. He's just... He thinks he's a badass. I mean, I guess he is a badass, but he's going up against even badder asses. He is Batman crossed with pre-Brave and the Bold Aquaman and represents everything that combination entails. (laughs) Yeah. 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 All right. So uh, until next time, you can uh, find us all over the Internet. We are on Twitter at at StasisPod. We're on Facebook at Facebook.com slash StasisPod. And we're on Tumblr at StasisPod.tumblr.com. And you can find our RSS feed as well as our new weekly newscast uh, that Alex and David and I are doing uh, at Iacon Underground Radio. Uh, that, that is a newscast. We are at IaconUnderground.net. Yes, you have a special guest this week. 
yeah, we got Ant from TFU.info uh, telling us all the stuff he saw at Toy Fair. Ooh. So give that a listen. We're in, we're in all the same places that you find Stasis Pod. And if you prefer, you can also find uh, the Stasis Pod and News Podcast on iTunes. Yes. And we would love to hear from you. Uh, maybe you also are engaged in a, a years-long vendetta against a, a cannibalistic crab robot. If so, maybe you can tell us about it and write into the old Max Mailbag at stasispodcast at gmail.com. So in, uh, we will be back in a week uh, observing the changing of the guard. But until then, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. I'm Alex. Uh, I'm Combat Ready. I'm David. Say I'm, uh, I'm excited by the uh, the Toy Fair stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. Is there anything you have to say about it? Not much. Um, you know, I'm, there's a bunch of Marvel stuff that I'm interested in, including uh, making a figure of Rage, which is insane. Oh yeah, that's weird. Wait, is he? They switched t- the titles of the scales. Is he a three and a half or six inch? He three and a half. Okay. Oh, that, that then I might actually get it. Yeah, he's uh, he's like Captain Marvel. If Captain Marvel was African American. Uh, was mutated by toxic waste, and wore a leather vest, no shirt, and a luchador kitty mask. <laughs>